Amen. It's a great joy to turn the service over to our beloved brother and our youth pastor, Pastor Alex Betzel. Would you put your hands together for him? Amen. You may be seated. Christine, I have a word for you. I saw you... I saw you with a sickle beginning to cut, begin to harvest that which the Lord had for you. I just see you in a, in a, in a moving past a season in which you were, you were beginning to go and harvest and you were bringing, bringing the, the fruit which God had brought forth for you in provision and you were harvesting it. And it seemed as if as you were gathering, you were going down the line and even cutting and taking care of that which and you were bundling it up, getting it ready, something would come behind you and steal your harvest. The Lord is saying to you tonight, that season where the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy and take away from you, that season is ending. You are coming into a place where the Lord is 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 allowing you to reap everything that he has for you. It's, it, it is a, in, in, a, in a fullness, emotionally, spiritually, physically. Father, I thank you for this season that you're bringing her into. I thank you, Lord, that the season where the enemy has come to take and to steal from her that which is hers is over. And we declare that tonight. We declare it in the name of Jesus. I break off any discouragement. And I release peace tonight. Joy tonight. In the Holy Ghost. In the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody say, thank you, Jesus. We're going to get into the Word tonight. <laughs> you know, uh, Minister Chris, thank you, Minister Micah. Minister Chris and I have a, have a unique uh, relationship of course, he's running the children's ministry. He was helping with the children's ministry when I was running the junior high ministry in Maui. And we took a missions trip one time. And I, I don't, you know, you, you guys see all these giftings that, that Minister Chris has, but he has, he has um, some very unique ones. You're like, well, everyone I've seen has been unique. <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> he's got, he's got some. He's got some unique giftings, and uh, one of his unique giftings is that, uh, actually, I don't know what it's called, double-jointed arms or whatever. He's got this unique thing that he can do with his arms. Anyway, like, mine will go this far. His will, like, totally like this the other way, and uh, I, I decided, me and him decided, we were on a mission trip in Chile, and we were at, like, a... Yeah, we were at like a, a lunchtime or something. All the young people, you know, they're Chileans. They don't speak English, but they, they do well with, um, you know, like pictures and, and like dramas and stuff like that. But uh, I was like, hey, Minister Chris, I, let's do this. It's going to be awesome. So I, I grab Minister Chris and I tell him, I'm going to act like I'm going to fight you. I'm going to throw you on the ground. You get up. All right. So he, we do it in front. Everybody's eating lunch. We're all having fun and everything. I grab him. I throw him on the ground. I push him back and forth. Throw him on the ground. He gets up with his arm like this. It's totally, he's walking around like this. And all of a sudden he goes, oh, and everybody lost. He's got some unique gifts. So we, I'm, I'm thankful that Minister Chris is here. He can, he can make us feel like we're normal. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking, Minister Chris. We love you. Would you grab your Bibles and, um, you know, I had you sit down, but would you stand your feet as is accustomed here? Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 14. Reading, reading out of the New King James Version. Chapter 12 of 2 Corinthians and verse 14. Let's read. I still, I still hear pages flipping, so we're going to wait. All right, here we go. Verse 14. Now for the third time, I am ready to come to you. This is Paul talking. And I will not be burdensome to you, for I do not seek yours or your possessions or that which you have. I don't seek that, but I seek you. 
For the children ought not to lay up for the uh, ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. Verse 15, and this is really what I want to place emphasis on tonight. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Let's read that one more time. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you tonight for this great congregation. Come on, just place your hand on your heart and ask the Lord to speak to you. God, we open our hearts to you with expectation, Lord, knowing that your word brings life. It is a lamp unto our feet and a light upon our path. I thank you, Lord, that you continue to instruct us. You continue to show us and enlighten us how we can be more like you. I pray exactly that tonight, that we would become more like you. That's exactly what we want tonight. We give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody, you may be seated. Anybody into candles? You know, there's just so many, so many different kinds of candles, you know. I, I think uh, I had a friend that was down, they stopped at Vegas or something like that, and they had some candles inside this one shop that you could get everything. It's, it, you got a candle that smelled like a cheesecake, or you had a candle that smelled like, you know, like a flatulent, and um, some of you guys don't even know what that is. Uh, more commonly known as a fart, okay? Um, but they have candles that smell like everything nowadays. And I'm, you know, they got the, the scented ones. They have the unscented ones. They have the ones that, that don't, you know, they, they recycle themselves. They burn and recycle themselves. They have the ones that, you know, just normal. They got huge ones. They got, they got small ones. They got little ones. And I was thinking about this passage that Paul is here talking to us about. And really what Paul is saying here is that I'm, I, I'm willing to be spent for your sakes, really, it's, it's the picture of a candle, a candle that's being lit. It's being lit and constantly is, is becoming less and less of itself to bring light to others. So the picture of the candle is really, is really what the Apostle Paul is talking to us tonight. And here, he's saying that I, would, I, would, I want to be spent and spend so that you can have. And in Romans, Romans chapter 5 in verse 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who gives to us. Now, I have this little illustration, because, yeah, you want to help me? Since you have so many amazing gifts, this will be one of them. So the Holy Spirit, God pours into us. Go ahead, pour. He pours. That's good, thank you. He pours into us the love through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, and I'll, and I'll hold on to this since I can't do it with, with, the, with the microphone, but God pours into our life, and he allows us to be filled up with his love. Now, it's not our love. Obviously, our love is because of his love, but it's his love that's poured into us. It's something that really is supernatural. It's something that's genuine. It's something that's pure. It's something that's holy. It's a love from God. He pours that out into us when we experience the power of the Holy Spirit. When we get touched by the Holy Spirit, we get poured into. And out of this place of being filled up, we then begin to give out to others. And so tonight, I want to talk to you about delighting in sacrifice. Delighting in sacrifice. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Delighting in sacrifice. God's love is poured out into our hearts. And as a result, you know, I don't, I don't know how it was for you when you got saved, but when I got saved, man, it was like I was skipping through wide open spaces and fields of daisies, man, like I was spinning. I had some big lollipop, and it, it was just awesome. I, every person I ran into, I just wanted to share the love of Jesus. Every friend I had, I wanted to bring them to church. Every single, It was just God touching me, and as a in a response to him pouring into me, I wanted to give out. So God pours into us. God's desires become our desires. His motivator, the love. God's motiva motivated by love. His motivator becomes our motivator. I remember one moment when I was in my bedroom. I was praying down my list. I had a prayer list in my bedroom uh, when I lived in Maui. And I was praying down the list. And I came to the place where I was asking God to give me compassion. 
give me compassion. And as I began to pray for compassion, something happened to me. The Lord came into my room and knocked me off my feet. And I was just, I was all, I don't know if you guys have been in that place. You're just all over the floor. And snot and tears are just running everywhere. But the Lord, he put his finger on me when I prayed for compassion. He put his finger on me and touched me so deeply that when I got off the floor, my perception of people was different. When God touches you, you know, I I believe that if I'm to ever come to a place where, you know, God touches us, there's no doubt about it. But I believe that, you know, falling out in the spirit is not just some religious thing that we do. I believe it's a moment where God is touching people. I believe where when people come off the ground, it's like God's operating table. They come up and they're different than they were than they were when they went down. That's what happens when God touches you. His motivator now becomes your motivator. And that's the love that he pours out inside of you. When we encounter God, he changes us. We become more like him. And no longer do we live about our interests, but God's interests and purposes for others become ours. I'm going to say that again. God's interests and purposes for others become our interests and our purposes. That's what happens when God touches you. His heart is now your heart. His desires are your desires. Anybody ever invested in the stock market? I remember when I was younger... I, I was, I was going to say young, but I'm, I'm still young. When I was younger, I was probably 19 years old, 20 years old. I had just gotten out of Bible school. And uh, my friend was very much into the stock market. And he had been doing it since he was, I don't know, I guess since he was 18 years old when it was legal for him to do it. Um, but he had inherited an, uh, a, a good amount of money, $60,000, when his grandma died. And so he was using that money to invest in the stock market. And the guy was making tons of money. He was my age. And I was like, wow, okay, I'm going to try this. So I, I did my research, my due diligence to try and learn, learn how to work the stock market. And it was about, I think it was about the time where the economy was collapsing and everything in the stock market went down. And uh, I remember, I think it was like $600. I, I, I was like, that was a big step of faith for me. And I was like, all right, well, let's do this. So I, I put $600 on a small company called Apple. <laughs> and uh, it really wasn't a small company, but their, their number was so, you know, it had it very much diminished. Well, it tripled. And that was my first time experiencing stock market. I tried something else. It didn't work out so well. So, but when you're investing in things, you know, they, they, it, you know, investing can be tricky. Investing in a stock can be tricky. I know there's some people in here who do that and you're very good at it. That's great. Um, you know, if, if you were to, if you were to know about the investment that it would be faulty and that it would mess up and that it would, it wouldn't bring you a return, you probably wouldn't invest in it. But see, that's not the way God views it. He knows that if if we were to view people as an investment, God sees the people, sees people in general, and he, and he knows that it can be a faulty investment. He knows that sometimes it doesn't bring a return, but God never stops investing. God never stops putting his chips into the table. He never stops saying, I love you. He never stops caring and taking, taking initiative in our lives. He constantly invests us in, into us. But we think about people and we think, man, man, that was, I tried that once and that was no good. And, and so we never, we never revisit that. But that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that he's constantly delighting in the sacrifice that time and time again, though we fail him, he gives of himself to us. He continues to pour into us. And so tonight I, I, I read this passage from Paul where he says that, that I'm willing to I'd very gladly spend and be spent for your sakes. He says... He's willing to invest in people. Sometimes we, we don't want to love on people. We don't want to give to people. We don't want to share our time, our, our, our money, our possessions with people because the last time we tried that investment, it didn't return. Or the last time we tried that, it, it, didn't, it didn't go so quickly. Can I just suggest to you that you should not put a time stamp on someone's change in God, but allow the Lord to work in them 
allow God to have his way. Sometimes we say we think it's going to take this amount of time. And, and if it doesn't take that amount of time, then we just throw up our hands and go to somebody else. But, but the Lord is speaking to me and maybe to you that we shouldn't put a time stamp on people's change. When they walk through that back door, we give them six months to change. If not, they're a lost cause. That's not the truth. I see it time and time again. People that I thought were there, it was not going to go anywhere, ended up going somewhere. And they are, they are changing other people's lives for the kingdom of God. May we not put a time stand on people. Paul was not saying, I, I've come with the time, time reference. I, I've come in with the, you, you have this amount of time, Ephesus, Corinth. You got this amount of time, and I'm just going to throw my hands up. No. Paul says, I'm willing even a third time to come and spend and be spent. That means even when people don't care, sorry, even when we don't care for people so much, we're still willing to invest in them. Even when they're not like us. They don't have our personality. Maybe you're introverted and, and they're extroverted or vice versa. Even when they, when you get nothing out of it. Oswald Chambers says, Jesus has an interest in every individual person. And we have no right in Christian service to be guided by our own interests and desires. Most times we pick and choose who, who we will take part in based on our own preferences. Who will we invest in? Who will we sacrifice for? And many times we go and pick and choose. I'll invest in this person because I actually see that this is going to be a quick return. I'll go and lay down my life or give this to this person because, you know, I, I know that they're going to praise me because, because I do that. Or this person is, is they're just like me, so I, I know it's going to work out. And that person comes from a, a hard background, so it's going to take a lot more for that person to come out of that. That is not the heart of God. That is not the mind of Christ, and it's certainly not the mind that the Apostle Paul is coming to us with tonight. Let us not pick and choose based off of our preferences. In John 15, 13, it says, Greater love is no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend. May I just suggest that, read it in this light, no greater has one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friend, Jesus. We lay our life down for Jesus, and as we lay our life down for Jesus, we're clearly laying our life down for everybody else in the world. Because if you give your heart to Jesus, what takes place is it's a transplant. You give your heart to Jesus, he gives you a new heart. And in that, the heart, the heartbeat and the heart that God has given you, it beats for people. It beats for those who are lost, those who are needy, those who are hurting, those who are broken. That's what takes place. We must lay our lives down. It's a delight to sacrifice. It's not a burden. It's not something that we just say, God, help me. It's so, it's so burdensome. I just, it, I, it's hard to pull this weight. No, it's a joy. It's something where you, where you have the opportunity to see someone being invested into, sacrifice for that person, whether they love you back or not, whether they care for you back or not, it does not matter. The, the thing is that you are laying your life down for Jesus Christ because he first did it for us. And out of that, we lay our lives down for him not expecting anything back it's a delight to sacrifice why we love because he first loved we pour out because he first poured out we burn our candle to the ground because Jesus did the same thing for us Paul says that I'll be spent I'll spend and be spent he goes on to say though the more abundantly Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Paul is saying it doesn't really matter whether you love me or not. That's not the purpose for why I'm coming. That's not the purpose while I'll come and I'll spend my time, my resource, my effort, my blood, sweat, and tears. It's not so that you'll love me. It's so that I can love you. Paul was willing to be completely destitute and impoverished. He was willing to be poverty-stricken. 
In Romans 9.3, Paul says this, he says, For I could wish that I myself was accursed from Christ for my brethren. Now, let me ask you, what leads a man to say, I would rather be cursed so that my brethren would be all good? What possesses a person to do that? Well, Paul realized and understood and took to heart the example of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. The example comes all the way down the line, starting with our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul would say, I wish to be accursed if it means that all my brethren can be saved. Only a person who delights in sacrifice can say something so intense like that. (laughs) So deeply loves others that he would say something like that. Even Jesus would... he, he constantly invested to the point of bankrupt, bankruptcy of himself for the chance that, he, that people might become rich with eternal life. Jesus poured out time and time and time again. And not just perfect people. He called people like Zacchaeus out of the tree, took him to his house. The real test for us is not necessarily our willingness to preach the gospel but to do something as little as washing somebody's feet. Sometimes we think that the measure of a man of God or a woman of God is whether or not they're standing behind a pulpit or whether or not they're getting some kind of, I don't know, they're leading worship or something. But the truth is, is, is God is, is very pleased with the person who would be mopping up the back room. Paul was willing to be spent for people. And to get nothing in return. When God calls you to do something significant, it sometimes leads us to ponder things. God calls you to go start a small group or to leave Hawaii or leave Dallas or leave Hawaii, in my case, to come to a a freezing place like Alaska. I mean, I don't know how many times I've talked to people and say, tell them my story and they go, what were you thinking? (laughs) You know, Um, many times when God calls us to do things, we ponder things and um, we ponder our personal, our financial concerns. We ponder things. And really, we say things like, what if God wants me to go over there? Or what about my salary? Or what's the temperature there? Or who will I hang out with? Who will be my friend? Will I have no friends? I mean, they don't even have Chinese food there. Or, you know, if I, you know, do I have to, you know, what if I don't know anybody in the small group? What if, what if only two people show up? And really, sometimes these questions we ask are an indication that we have conditions in our serving God. They're an indication that we set certain things in motion that if this happens, then I'll go. But see, a person who delights in sacrifice, it doesn't matter what I get in return. It doesn't matter if they have Chinese food or not. I hear the word of the Lord and I go. We put conditions on whether or not we'll give a person a $20 bill. Well, I wonder if the guy's going to walk in the store and buy alcohol. If the Lord spoke to you to give it to him, what, would it, what does it matter? You just hear the voice of the Lord and obey and leave the results to God. Come on, somebody. So sometimes they're an indication that we have conditions in serving God. And you know, many people, they say, whenever you're pondering what the Lord would have you do and and certain sacrifices he may be asking of you, you you know, you should really follow your heart. And I would say, you know, your heart can be very deceptive. (laughs) Pastor Daniel says it all the time. Your heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. It's black. You can't really rely on your heart. People rely on their emotions. I, I, I like to say it this way. I think people sometimes, they say, oh, just follow your heart. And I would say to you, you have a Disney movie complex. 
I can show you the world. I want to be where the people are. You have a Disney movie complex. I'll tell you what, your heart will fail you. It is not about being where the people are. It's about being where God wants you to be. Your heart will fail you. It's not about that. See, because if you're relying on your heart to be the compass by which you go by, on the moment you face something that is hard, your heart will turn and run like a little chicken. The Apostle Paul says, I'm willing to spend and be spent. I'm delighting in sacrifice, even if it means that I love and I'm never loved in return. Certainly not about what we receive from this, but it's the delight. It's the enjoyment in sacrifice, in having the portion with Jesus Christ, that though we, we we may start as a full candle or burn me to the ground if it means pleasing the Lord. Amen. The delight and sacrifice. May we all embody that. I think uh, this message is something that is, is, is one of learning for me. Because I, um, I probably deal with it just like you do. That... We like to, um, we like our stuff, right? Uh, it's that birthday of a king song. We like our strings. Um, we like our things. Many times we don't like to, to give of ourselves. But you know, when God touches you, when God pours out in your life, when God speaks to you, you encounter the Lord it is the response that you have. I said, you say, thank you, Lord. Now, who can I go and serve? Who can I go and give to? Who can I go and pour into? You've poured into me so much. Now, what can I do for you in return? I believe that if as a church, we become, we become the body that delights in sacrifice. We, we become the body that, that really knows and understands and believes and pursues that which God has spoken to us tonight in this message. That we won't have to worry about things. The Lord knows exactly what you need before you ask it. I believe that as we, as we grab a hold of this, we, we will see our community affected. We will see Alaska affected. We will see our family that, that we, we, we long so much to come to the Lord. We'll see them affected. If we, if we would lay our lives down for people, not, not waking up in the morning and say, what can I get today? But waking up in the morning and say, what can I give today? How can I obey you today, Lord? What can I do? I believe that if we walk in the fullness of that, that we're going to see a harvest that is, that is un, it's hard to fathom. I believe that something will be birthed in you, something will be birthed in the church, something will be birthed in your children, and the things that you pass down, man, there is, there is no dollar amount to put to that. I believe that if as a church we can walk in this, we will see a mighty harvest in delighting in sacrifice. Paul says, I would, I would want to be spent and to spend for your sake. Not so that I can have what you have, but just so I can give. So I can love. Not to get some love in return. Not to try and see some time frame investment return. But I, I want to give, even if it means that in my lifetime, I don't even see a return. May we be that church. May we be that People who delight in sacrifice, who delight in hearing the word of the Lord and obeying. Delight in spending and being spent. Being a candle that starts and gets burned to the ground so that others can receive the light. Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Father, I thank you, Lord, for these that are in this place 
I thank you for your word that you've spoken to me and Lord that I tried my best to relay to these tonight I pray that there would be fruit from it and Lord that seed that you have scattered tonight Lord would fall on good ground that it would produce fruit in these people's lives produce fruit in our church and I believe tonight that there's some people the Lord is just even revealing to you that there's some things you need to begin to change in your walk with the Lord there's some things you need to be rearranged so that you can be a person that is sacrificing and delighting in that the Lord is speaking to people all across this place I pray, God, that you would touch them tonight. I pray, Lord, that our families would be affected. I pray that our schools would be affected, that our workplaces would be affected. Lord, as a result of being sacrificial, being willing to be spent, whether our coworkers respond the way we want them to or not, will not deter us from giving and giving and giving even if we see no return Lord help us to remind be reminded to be a person that will spend thank you for all that are here tonight I thank you Jesus Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Oh, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're in this place tonight and you say, Pastor Alex, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Maybe you used to serve him, but you drifted away and you no longer serve him like you used to. You want to come back to him tonight. I want to give you opportunity. We never want to close a service without giving someone an opportunity to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If that's you, maybe you drifted away or maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Hear all these things about sacrificing, but you've never received Jesus. You've never received the one who pours out love. You've never received the one who brings fullness, but you want to receive him tonight. If that's you with every head bowed all across this place on the count of three, if that's you, you want to, you want to receive Jesus, I'm just going to ask you to slip up your hand. We're going to pray together. If that's you on the count of three, you want to get right with Jesus tonight. Just slip up your hand. One, two, three. Just slip it up so I can see it. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Can we all stand to our feet tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. No greater moment than this. That people can get right with Jesus. Whether you're getting right with Jesus for the first time, you're coming back to him, or maybe you serve the Lord. Let's all, let's all say this together. Would you repeat this after me? And it's not, it's not the words necessarily that are coming forth, but it's the condition of your heart that you come to God with. Would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, please forgive me for everything that I've done. I know you died on the cross for me so my sins could be forgiven and I know you rose again so I can have eternal life. Thank you for loving me and thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. All across this place, would you just lift your hands to the Lord? Holy Spirit, come. Father, we want to delight in sacrifice. We want to walk in that vein. We want to walk in that with you, Lord. We want to co-labor with you. We want to pick up our cross daily and follow you. Lord, we want to delight in the sacrifice. 
I pray for those, Lord, that have been burdened in that. Lord, that you would remove that burden, that it would once again be a joy. Take them back to that moment where they had first gotten saved. Lord, where it was such a joy to walk in delighting and sacrifice. It was such a joy to walk in the sacrificial lifestyle. It was such a joy to give, not expecting anything in return. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Touch these tonight. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, Pastor. You may be seated for just a moment. We want to give you an opportunity to uh, give tonight. This is going to go towards the expenses of the youth conference. It's upcoming to help out with that. It's very costly. Uh, flying up our gas and all the different things that we're doing. We are charging a registration, but... It doesn't cover the whole thing. We're just going to believe God to bless our youth. You know, if you don't pour into youth, you don't pour into children, then you won't have a church 20 years from now. And and so we're just so thankful, Pastor Alex, for you and your team and for all of your efforts with KSM, King School of Ministry, and, and uh, Intergeneration Student Ministry. So ushers, would you help us out, please? Those of you online, you can give online through our secured server. Again, you can text receive that app and amen if you need an envelope just slip your hand up they'll bring that to you amen good word amen yeah you can put your hands together it's good work amen Thank you, Jesus. All right. If you're all ready, say aye. If you're not ready, say nay. All right. Hurry up. Take your time. Praise the Lord. Praise God. All right, ushers, would you come? Pastor Alex, would you indulge me, please? Would you sing Good, Good Father on there for me? Would you just jump in? Is that okay? What's that? He says, I'm going to give real fast with his phone. Amen. Look at that. It's great. Thank you for the word that's come forth. And forgive us, Lord, for we've been selfish and self-serving for our pride. Forgive us for where we've had attitudes that said, what's in it for me? Lord, that we would learn to serve and to be spent for others. There's such joy in doing that there would be a revolution or should I say there would be a, a servolution in our church that people would learn the joy of serving and laying down their lives one for another God help us touch us in such a way that we would be forever changed and bless this youth conference God and the gift and the giver right now in Jesus name Amen.
Come sing it to the Lord. Good, good Father. of the Lord is here. If you're here and you need healing, you need a miracle, you need a touch from God, I want to invite you to come. If you've never been baptized and filled with the Spirit, I want to invite you to come to the front. I want my KSM students, all my King's School of Ministry students to come. I want you to come unless you need prayer. You're going to help us to pray. You need a miracle. You need a touch from the Lord. Just come make a line right across the front. Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. Not one thing. Lord, release your healing touch right now. Holy Spirit, come upon these. Sickness, infirmity, disease. Go in Jesus' name. Release your power, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit,
healing all across this place. You know, the carnal mind is an enmity with God. You can, you can shut down the healing power of God through your own intellect. Say, prove that. Sure, easy. In Mark chapter 5 and in other places, you'll see Jesus comes in to a city like Nazareth. And they say this, they say, what grace is upon his lips and what miracles he did. And then the text records, it says, is this not Jesus? And are these not his brother and his sister? And then it says that Jesus could do no great miracles there because of their unbelief. Because of prophets without on in their hometown. Now, I have been in services, and I sense it just a little bit tonight. You are not God, neither am I. He has ways of touching people that are beyond our own understanding. If you'll just come with a hungry heart, nothing happening here is not biblical. You'll see it in Scripture. Really, the falling down you see it in Scripture? Yeah, all over the Scriptures. You'll see that when they dedicated the temple, that the cloud of the presence of the Lord filled the place so much so that the priests could not stand. That, that actually happened a little bit this morning at our 8 o'clock service. I'm not talking about some fabrication thing with a smoke machine. I'm not talking about some manipulation of the flesh. I'm talking about a genuine hunger and a sovereign move of the Spirit of God. But he also touches you in direct proportion to the hunger that you have. And that's why he spoke in parables. He spoke in parables to hide truth from casual observers. Nazareth could have been the place where the kingdom of God was released. But the kingdom of God was hindered and shut down because of people's mental offense. They were offended. They were offended. They said, is this not Jesus? Didn't we change his shorts? We knew him when he was a baby. Isn't this a carpenter's son? And they were offended at him. Your mind can shut down the anointing. The anointing, what's the anointing? The, the God power, the God enablement, the Holy Spirit unction in healing. Or through your own hunger and desire, you can see a greater release of the kingdom of God. Did you catch that? Come on. It's a sign of surrender. In Hebrew, it's called yada. It's just a lifting of your hands. You're just saying, God, I want everything you have for me. Father, impossibilities bow the knee at the name of Jesus. Release healing. Release miracles. Lift my hands. I lift my hands to the heavens. Lift my eyes where my help comes from. I look to
Sickness can't stay any longer. Sickness can't stay any Just wave longer. goodbye. Bye-bye, sickness. Bye-bye. Perfect love is casting out. No more fear. Bye-bye, fear. You are the God of all power.
Hallelujah. even in the time of Jesus those who would be mockers and scoffers and you'll notice in the life of our hero the life of our savior he always removed the mocker and the scoffer before he ever did anything great and so is the same today for you mock and scoff it's a dangerous thing to do really some being so bound in their own sin it's the only way for them to keep the love of God at bay but there's freedom for you too there's freedom for you too and you will find yourself even leaving this service tonight marked by the love of God won't be able to get away from it it'll be like as the poet said, the hound of heaven. Totally foreign to your mind and your understanding. But you've been touched, marked by the love that's beyond anything you've ever experienced. The love of God is what you're looking for, sir. It's what you've been looking for, ma'am. And you will not find that at the end of any bottle. You won't find it in any earthly relationship. You won't find it in any pleasure that th this world has to offer. It's only found in Jesus. It's only found in Jesus. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. No one like you, Lord. There's no one like you. No one can touch me the way you do. There's no one like you, Jesus. There's no one like you, Father. There's no one like you. No one can touch me the way you do. There's no one like you. We give you praise. Go for it. Come on, service is almost over. Press in. Press in.
decision to live for Christ you let somebody know you tell them pull one of my staff aside or Tammy would you wave at us or Tammy's could be at the door back there you just pull them aside and say hey I gave my life back to God it's important to do that if you don't have a home church then you come you make this place home just every time the doors are open you just come we're family here we'll love you we'll help you help you grow in the things of God amen help you live that life of sacrifice and serving that brings joy like nothing else God's done a great thing tonight take someone by the hand won't you just reach across and take someone by the hand Mike Sisson come Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for everything that you've done tonight. God, we ask that as we leave this place tonight, the things that happened here would not be forgotten. That we would not get caught up in our lives so much so that we forget what you did here tonight in our lives, in our hearts, in our families. Lord, I pray you'd bless your people tonight. Encourage them, God. Give them strength. Continue to speak to them. Lord, may they no longer stand for what is average. But God, they would set their eyes on you and they would aim for you and nothing else. Keep them as they go this week. Bless them. And give them peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you.